He knows about me. Can you imagine being like, oh, I've thought about this. Ring, ring, hello. Hi, this is Sarah. Who? Oh, your daughter you don't know about. Like, that's weird. Like, that's every... That'd be a nightmare. I'm Sarah, and um, I am adopted, and so that's what my story is going to be about today. Um, my parents couldn't have children, and so um, they, I'm about to talk with my hands, they applied for adoption, um, well, whatever 1984 is, minus seven, so 70-something. Anyway, seven years before they they got to me, they applied for adoption, and they wanted a healthy baby. Um, with no um, health issues or abnormality, ab- whatever. They wanted a healthy baby. And they wanted like all 10 fingers and all 10 toes just because that was their request, not mine. Um, and so they waited for a long time to have a baby. Well, they never had a baby, but that's why they're adopting. And so they um, got a call um, back. They were like at home and my aunt called and said, hey, we have a baby at the hospital. Um the mom doesn't want it. You can pick it up tonight. And so they're like, what? A baby tonight? And so um, she's like, yeah, the mom signed off rights. Like, we're going to go to a judge. will be here tomorrow. You can go do court paperwork and all that. And so they drove to Mountain Home and picked up my brother. And so that was their very first child. And so he um, came from Mountain Home and he was um, kind of given to my parents randomly just uh, really not luck. Really, Jesus had a big plan in it. But um, And so then they were at work one day. They taught in a little town in northeast Arkansas. And um, the secretary got a phone call. And she called my mom and was like, hey, Brenda, you need to come down to the office. Like, now you have a phone call. And yeah, so my mom got a phone call. And she's like, hello? And the lady's like, oh, this is so-and-so. It's department DHS or whatever they're called back then. We have a little girl or a baby for you. My mom's like, a baby? And she's like, yeah, we have a little girl. You can pick her up tonight. And my mom's like, hold on. Um, can we pick her up like on Monday? And so the lady's like, yeah, that's fine. But And she's like, you know, we live like three hours from there. And I haven't even told my husband yet. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I guess wait I guess call me back if your husband says yes. Mom's like, no, we're getting the baby. Like, it, it doesn't matter at this point. And so um, she gets off the phone. My mom's crying. And so the secretary, like, everybody knew. Like, when you're trying to have a baby and you want to adopt or whatever, everyone kind of knows, you know, that you're waiting on a call. Or But it had been a long time. So anyways, and so um, my mom walked out of the office and she went to go find my dad. And so, like, people were coming out of the hallways, like the news spread quickly. So the secretary's following her and she's like, they're getting a baby, they're getting a baby. And so by the time they went to my dad's classroom, um, there was probably, mom says there's like six or seven people along with him to tell my dad, hey, we're getting a baby. And so my dad was like excited. And so he was like, yeah, sure. So they um, left school early, they went home and my dad got in the attic, got all the baby stuff back out. Cause my brother was like three um, by this point. And so, um, they went home, got the house ready, got the baby beds out, all everything, told everybody like they were ready to pick me up. And so Monday came, um, they took off. Well, I guess I don't know if they took off at work or not, because I don't know if they're even working. Because you had. OK, so like when you were adopted through the state back then, you had to wait three months before um, you could pick up the child. So the mom could like change your mind if she wanted to. And she didn't. Anyways, and so my mom and dad drove to Jacksonville, Arkansas 
to um, a, she says, an older couple's house. And so um, they, she walks into their house and there are, in the living room, there's all these eight by 10 pictures of um, all the babies they had ever fostered. And so the only ones they ever fostered were just babies. And they took them right from a newborn and they got rid of them at three months old. And so it was just a three month blank. So I think it's kind of weird that my infant picture is on some lady's wall if she's still living. But anyways, and so um, they picked me up. They took me um, to a restaurant with all my aunts because everybody in the my family drove in um, to keep me and watch me and look at me like, you know, like I was special because I am special. <laughs> anyways, and so um, they, they took me out to eat. They put me like in the middle of the table and they all ate around me and just were just excited to have a little baby. Anyway, so adoption's always been um, really special to me because that's why I'm here. That's really has shaped me. God has shaped me through that. Just having two Christian parents, having a brother, um, and then like, let's say 12 or 14, 16 months after they got me, my mom and dad, we went to amusement park and I mean, like I was a baby, I couldn't really ride rides, but my mom kept throwing up after every single ride she rode. And she's like, I never get sick on these rides. Well, she was pregnant. And so she had my little sister, Lindsay. Um, we're about 23 months apart. So we're like right, right, right in line, I guess. And so um, my sister was not adopted. And so my brother and I were adopted. So my whole life growing up, my favorite story, um, like my bedtime story or like anytime you want to be told a story was tell me about the day I was born. Tell me about how you got me. Tell me, um, tell me my story again. And so my mom and my dad would tell this whole story about how they were walking through the forest and um, they saw something in the grass and then, oh, they thought it was a baby deer, but no, it was baby Sarah. And then um, they were out by the river and they saw a baby floating in a basket. Um, and it wasn't Moses. It was me. And, and so, <laughs> but it wasn't me. And then my dad's like, back then cabbage patch dolls were a big deal. And I was walking through the garden and I found this little cabbage patch baby. And, and there, and I'll be like, no, no, that's not it. Tell me, you know. And so we went through this whole story of how I came into their life. And they had always told me that like God, I mean, they couldn't have a kid. And so God had a plan for them. And that adoption was their plan um, that God showed them um, too. And so that's great. Like I was told I was so special. Like, um, I wasn't just conceived in some mother's womb. Like anybody can, well, not anybody because some people can't have babies. Obviously my mom couldn't. Um, and so it took more than just being formed in a mom's womb to get me. And so I was told that like, you know, not only were you formed in some stranger's womb and you were made by a man and woman, we don't know, but even before that God had a plan for your life. And even before, um, that man and woman knew about you. God knew about you. And so that's kind of always been in my life that like, I'm here because of God. Like I could have been anywhere. I could be like, I always tell my mom that the only way I'd reach out to my biological family is like, if they're a movie star and rich, cause I'm like, then they could like pay for college or like <laughs> buy me a car or whatever. Um, but my mom did some investigation and that's not the case. So Anyways, and I would also want to know if they're going to heaven or not. That's a big deal with birth parents because I don't know. I know I have salvation through Jesus, but I don't know if she does. And I don't even know if he knows about me. And can you imagine being like, oh, I've thought about this. Ring, ring, hello. Hi, this is Sarah. Who? Oh, your daughter you don't know about. Like, that's weird. Like, that's every, that'd be a nightmare. Anyways, 
Regardless, um, so we were told we were special and God had a plan for us our whole entire life. So my sister shows up and I mean, she was special because she's my sister. But like to me and Adam, she wasn't special. Like God didn't have a plan for her because he didn't have to like orchestrate this big thing in order for her to show up at our house. And so we're like, you brought her home from the hospital? Like, okay. Ooh, wow, that's really cool. Like, she grew in your belly? Oh, yeah, but I grew in a stranger's belly. And, you know, somebody brought me here, and mom and dad chose me because we're adopted. You weren't chosen. You were just had. And so my sister would, like, cry and get so upset because she wasn't adopted so much that my mom and dad had to make a um, fake adoption from God. Like, she, they had to, like, draw up papers and everything because my sister wasn't adopted. And... God didn't have a plan for her life pretty much because she wasn't adopted. Like that's kind of the mentality that we always had. Like if you were special, you were adopted. And um, so much like, yeah, that my parents had like fake papers and she was <laughs> adopted from God because that's you had to be adopted to be special in our eyes. And so eventually you learn that you can be special without being adopted. And it's not, it does take work to have babies on, on some people's occasion. Um, and then not everybody adopts. So, um, so a lot goes into it, but so fostering an adoption was always like so special to me and my whole life. Like I was like, I want to foster, I want to foster, I want to adopt. Um, and so I started teaching and so I had two coworkers and one of them, we taught right next to each other. We have the same age. We're really good friends. Um, and then one other lady was, she was like 10 years older than us. She, um, we didn't really hang out much. We didn't really talk. We were just whatever. And so she was like, hey, I got a foster kid. And I'm like, hold on, now what? Hi, I'm Sarah. Who are you? Like, what do you do in your free time? Like, um, can we hang out? Like, how did you start fostering? Um, and so she tells me this whole long story about how she went through the classes and what all it took. And, um, you know, they just called her for one kid. And she's like, I could take one kid. She's a single mom. And so she's like, I could do one kid. And I said, okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about taking her to the beach um, come summer. And this is like probably in March. And so um, she's like, yeah, so, you know, if I still have her in the summer, I'm going to take her to Florida. And I was like, ooh, I love the beach. And I love foster kids because <laughs> I'm adopted and I came from foster care. And so I'm like, and she's like, would you want to go? I, I mean, I've talked for her for like a year, but like we never hung out. I'm like, yeah, I want to go. And so me and Jan went to Florida. That was our plan to take Emma to Florida. Emma's her new name. So anyways, um, Emma to Florida. And so, well, she kept getting calls because DHS is relentless, y'all. They really need homes for kids. And so they kept getting calls, calls, calls. Miss Southwell, you just take them. Miss Southwell. And she took two kids and it didn't work out. And so they went back. And then Miss Southwell, if you can just take them for the weekend, it's just two girls. And so... Here comes two little girls into her house. So now she has the original and then she has two new ones. And she's like, well, so would you still want to go to Florida? And I'm like, yeah, I'll still go to Florida. Like we can do this. Like it's me. And then my friend Talisha that taught with me that we were friends. She's like, well, if you're going to Florida, I'm going to Florida. I mean, so our whole pre-K school went to Florida. <laughs> and so um, DHS called her again and was like, hey, they, they actually have a little sister. Um, could you take the baby? And Jan's like. Uh, yeah, sure. And so Ava shows up at her house and every time she got new kids, we would take a new kid casserole, which is really just like noodles and some cheese and some chicken. But, 
anyway, she kept getting new kids so often we had to keep bringing her dinner. And so we went to Florida. Um, she didn't even tell her mom or her dad that she got more kids because she's a single mom. And she, at this point, had four. And she's like, you know, I can't even tell them. They're just going to have to show up. And once they see how cute she is, they'll be okay with it. I'm like, that's a great plan, Jan. <laughs> anyway, so we took all um, her four girls yeah, four girls, um, to Florida. We had fun, a blast, saw the ocean for the first time, whatever. And so, um, fast forward like a year later, they were up for adoption or going to be up for adoption. And they're like, but in order to adopt them, we want to really keep them together. And they have a little brother. And she's like, I have a Honda Accord. I can't fit any more kids in my car. And so, um, she's like, if you'll keep the babies, then I'll go buy a bigger vehicle so I can adopt Jack. And so, um, Jack is here. He went to Florida with us a year later, and we still go to Florida, by the way. Um, and so me and her friendship is based off foster care and adoption, and that's how um, her kids, they're like my nieces and nephews. Like, they're at my house all the time. Um, we kind of walked through, like, the story of Jesus and what my parents taught me. I taught them, like, you're special. You're now in the adopted club or the foster kid club. Like, you have a plan. Jesus has a point in your life. Like, not everybody gets to live this story, and this is your story to tell. And so um, they were like, okay, you know, but I finally like convinced them that that is a great thing. And so they're officially in the club and excited and they want to foster and adopt. So anyways, I met um, this man off the internet (laughs) and as actually snowed in my house. And so it was like the day we got like eight snow days back a long time ago and I had nothing to do. So I'm like, let me online date because that's exactly what you do on a snow day. (laughs) Anyway, so I met my husband, Josh, um, and our first date. Yeah, probably our first date. That's kind of embarrassing to say. But I was like, how do you feel about fostering and adopting? And he's like, that's not like a typical first date question. (laughs) Anyways, he's like politically correct. He's like, you know, if that's something you feel really led to do, then we can talk about it. And, you know, I'd be open to it. That's a good answer, huh? (laughs) And so I was like, okay. So we started dating. and We dated for a long time. And like every periodically, I'm like, hey, you still want to like, you still thinking about fostering and adopting? He's like, you know, we can talk about it. We can pray about it, whatever. He's like, I don't have a problem um, raising somebody. Like, it's not a problem for me being in somebody's life. His um, son's half-sister he had raised since she was two. And so he had already assumed that role of a kid that um, wasn't really his, but he loved, like, his daughter. And so um, he's like, yeah, I'm okay with it. And so I met Monroe and Drake and Josh, obviously. Uh, Met Josh first because, you know, you don't meet the kids before you meet the man. Anyways, and so um, they... Uh, Monroe wanted to be adopted ever since I met her she wanted to be Josh's daughter she called dad um, Josh dad and she wanted to be a Davis and so when we got married she was like oh hold on like I am the only one with a different last name I need I need to be adopted and so um, long story short it's actually a really good story but she's hopefully going to tell it but um, she is adopted and so I was able to adopt her and her brother um, and so I adopted them and um, we're currently fostering. And so we have a 16 year old, a 13 year old and two, um, two year olds tomorrow. She'll be three. But anyways, for today, two, two year olds. And so um, life has just been crazy and God has used everything in my life to shape who I am today. I mean, everybody's story is different. Like everybody that's been adopted or in foster care don't, they don't have the same story. They don't, um, necessarily have the same experiences. Some people have really 
um, bad experiences. And some people, you know, wish that their lives could have been different. And some, some people have better lives than I do. Um, and so it's all a mix of things. But my whole life, someone poured into me that God had a plan for my life. And what's crazy is my brother's adopted too, but his story is completely different than mine. And so God uses my life and my personality and my thoughts and he uses my brother in a whole different way. Um, but he uses my thoughts and my life and the experience of my life to shape me into who I am today. And um, I always just think back to, I could have ended up with anybody. Like anybody in this whole world could have gotten me. And instead they chose Tom and Brenda Webb from a little small town of Four City, Arkansas um, to be my parents. And um, my dad's dad, my papa, he was a preacher. And so like, he poured into us all the time. Like he, if we went to Sunday night church and if we could answer his questions, we got a frosty automatically. And they were simple. Like who loves you? Jesus. <laughs> what did we learn about Jesus? And so we got frosties every Sunday. So every Sunday we wanted to go to church, we got ice cream. And so God could have had anybody picked out as my parents. And I could have gone with my original biological parents um, but he had a plan for me before I was born. And so he used all of those things to shape me into who I am now. And so I was telling somebody that, you know, it's so important. I could have gone with anybody. And it's so important if you are a believer and if you do know Jesus to think about opening your home and yeah. be um, an advocate for these kids. You don't have to like adopt them. Like I'm not saying sign up to get kids or even foster. But if you know Jesus there are so many kids that need you. They need to know that they're special. They need to know that they are loved. They need a village of people pouring into them because my parents had a great village, and so they all pointed me in the direction of Christ. Um, but not everybody's that lucky. Not everybody um, has that people, have all those people in their life pointing them in the right direction. And so that's kind of my story, and that's where I am today, that, you know, if you know Christ— Sharing with other people. Talk about it to other people. Talk about kids. Kids are like the easiest people to talk to. Going back to Jan and her kids, we were taking Christmas photos, and I'm telling them the story about baby Jesus, and I said he died on the cross, and they cried because baby Jesus was killed. And I'm like, no, 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 Jesus grew up to be a man. So it doesn't even matter if you get your story straight. Just being there for someone that needs you, whether it's a kid in foster care, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's whoever, but you, God has you where he wants you, and he can use you to do whatever he needs you to do if you allow him to, to work in your life and if you allow him to um, influence your decisions. And so that's kind of my story and how I'm here and um, how I met my husband and adopted my children and I'm currently fostering. And so um, reach out to somebody. There's lots of people that can tell you more information. Contact me, contact the church. Um, and get information about how, if you want to foster, great. If you want to adopt, fantastic. If you don't want to do any of that, but you just want to cook a meal or say, hey, sis, good job, or, you know, we're praying for you, we could definitely use your prayers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, and so, so um, just just I'm thankful for that God used me in a way and that I've been able to see God's hand through foster care and through adoption and that... Um, He's at work, even whenever we don't see it or feel it, that he has orchestrated all these events in our life. That's my story. That's perfect. I mean, absolutely. I'm not going to ask you nothing. Good deal. <laughs> it's over. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh.